Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. Gotta take your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies straight. Welcome to Way in Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, August 17th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter, at Way in Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, for the intro, and welcome to Way in Sports Talk. Like she said, I'm the host and the fine co-host of this program. Trey Patterson is with me tonight, and we're inching closer and closer to football, and and we're both very excited. But it does feel like, to me, the calm before the storm. It's like you felt all this intense pressure about football, and now when it's finally so close, it's like everybody's being quiet for the most part. It's just not as much trash talk. Is what's been going on in the past, but we are here. Cam Newton's playing his first preseason game tonight, and boy, he looks sharp. His first pass threw it right into the hands of a linebacker that dropped it for a pick, and then he overthrew on third down. So, Trey, you know, deciding whether to keep Cam Newton in fantasy football this year could be could be a uh, a big mystery here. I don't know what to do, man. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't get off mute there. Uh, yeah, I think keeping Cam Newton is a big a big risk this year in fantasy football. I think a lot of quarterbacks, uh, I've seen a lot of fantasy rankings have him about 15th, and give or take his injuries, um, that might be about accurate. I mean, so you got to wonder, is if, do, you, do you risk it? Because, I mean, he's a high risk. Yeah, you're right. And looking at, looking at not only his injury, Trey, but all the, the receivers that have been – gone from his team that they released and everything. That that bothers me a lot. Cam Newton was a he was a good quarterback last year. He he did mature as the year went on, but he started having a relationship, built a relationship with these receivers and everything was clicking, everything started falling together and now all of a sudden he gets hurt and you take every weapon he had and you trade him off and get rid of him. And now, just looking at this Carolina team, Trey, with all those players, they weren't that great of an offense. And now we're looking at it, and and here we are. I mean, I may have to to keep Tom Brady over Cam Newton. And I know he's 37 years old, Trey, but Tom Brady's a sure thing, at least. There's no risk there. Yeah, and Brady's got a great cast around him. I mean, here's the thing. I think Kelvin Benjamin's going to be good. But, I mean, when's the last time you saw a rookie receiver um, really go off as, a, as you know their freshman sort of year. I mean, it just there there are learning curves with freshman receivers. Uh, Kevin Benjamin was prone to drop four to state at times, so he's got a lot of maturing to do, especially with possession type of, you know um, plays. Um, so I mean, Cam Newton needs needs help, even if he's healthy. And everybody out there, I'm trying to get the chat room running. I'm having some computer issues on my end. So Trey, is anybody in the chat room? I can't get in the chat room either, man. I, I I don't think it's a computer issue. I think it's a blog talk issue. Okay, well, let me, let me keep trying everything. And we're going to go over tonight the top 25 
the AP poll came out. We're going to do that in the coaches poll. But Trey and Notre Dame right now going through a lot, right? Four players suspended. Have you heard any updates on that story? Academic fraud, not writing their own papers. It's the same thing that happened with their, their quarterback after that national championship season suspended. What are you hearing now in, in South Bend? Well, um, I'm hearing there's a pretty big, robust uh, investigation underway. One of the players came out and I think tweeted uh, that he writes his own papers. Um, he doesn't need any help. So, I mean, this could be something. It could, it could be uh, nothing. But right now, it, it sounds like Notre Dame's in some trouble to me. Um, these are facts that you certainly don't like um, to be coming out at this point. Uh, academic integrity type of stuff and um, right before the season, this is going to be a huge distraction. Four guys immediately suspended off a team who they really needed. I mean, this was a Notre Dame team that people were questioning anyway, Trey, and now you're taking away four of their three starters, I believe, and, and one that's going to get some significant playing time. You're taking away a lot of a team here that's, that's trying to find their way into this four-team playoff. I mean, what are the chances of them making this four-team playoff and having a successful season without these guys? These are not walk-ons. These are not true freshmen. These are starters, Trey. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Even if you argue they weren't starters, I've seen Notre Dame fans try to make that argument. They're all very, very big contributors and, and get a lot of playing time. And so if they are out for the season, you know, and this becomes an academic integrity scandal, this is going to be big for them because they're going to, you know, I'm not sure they have the depth um, to really make up for losing guys, uh, you know, this many guys off, off the, you know, the playing rotation. And they don't. And, and also we talk about recruiting here with this looming and this could possibly uh, put them on probation, take away some games, which the main thing is losing some recruits. I mean, this is possible. The NCAA could come in and start taking some scholarships away and removing some of those games, Trey. I know it's not a big deal now, but still, and when you look at history 30 years from now, those wins are going to be losses. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. Notre Dame has already said basically that they're looking at uh, if this comes out, um, that they may have to, you know, some of those wins become losses. So, I mean, that's that's a big deal if Notre Dame is already um, contemplating that. That gives you an idea of how serious this may be. Yeah, again, it, again, people forget a couple of years ago it happened with their uh, big star quarterback had to sit out a year and he came back. So we'll see how – how that affects this fighting Irish team. This is not good. Anytime you have the word scandal and fraud by your name, Trey, that's not that's not where you want to be, especially Notre Dame right now. But I commend them for actually taking action on this. We'll see where it goes. The AP Top 25 came out today, Trey. Florida State received 57 of the 61st place votes. I don't think it's really a question to voters who who the number one team is. But what do you think about Oklahoma, Oregon, and Alabama all receiving a number one vote? Well, you know, Oklahoma, you and I are on a tie island. A lot of people are. Um, so that surprised me a little bit. I could see some West Coast writer, um, you know, giving a vote to the Ducks. And I, it's not surprising that an SEC team, and it happens to be Alabama, gets the vote as well. Um, <laughs> I just uh, – Given that, you know, preseason polls don't mean a whole lot, uh, but given if you're going to make one, uh, I just 
to me, Florida State has to be your number one. How many how many players did Florida State lose? Uh, how many starters did they lose? I think they did lose a lot on the defensive side of the ball, did they? Or am I mistaken? No, it, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, I mean they they did lose a number of players. They play a lot uh, rotational wise in defense. I mean when you get what I mean, I think you know they lost I think eight until was eleven draft picks the year before they won the national championship. I think they had eight last year, so. I mean, they certainly do have a lot of guys leaving, um, and including you know, some weird people who left, like James Wilder, the junior running back who wasn't even drafted. I mean, so <laughs> you have some of these guys who leave early um, who really hurt the team. Uh, but we'll have to see. There there are depth issues, especially at receiver now that Isaiah Jones is academically ineligible. Yeah, that's it's, it's a lot for Florida State. Do I think they're the best team in the country this year? Honestly, not. I mean, but who do I think is the number one team in the country? I don't know. So it's kind of hard to to really fight that and say Florida State's not the number one team. I mean, they returned the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. They won it last year. They they play in the SD, or the ACC conference, and that schedule tells me that you know they should be able to to at least make the Final Four. Can they can they get past that? We'll see. But they lost a lot. And I, I just don't – I know they're talented. They've recruited well. But you lose Benjamin off of that offense, Kelvin Benjamin, 6'6 receiver. I mean, how are you going to replace that? that? That's what I'm trying to figure out here. A lot of people overlook all of that. And uh, I just don't understand how how you can just put these teams, especially Alabama. We're going to talk about them tonight. Alabama, you put them at number two. Yes, they lost like seven of their defensive starters. They lost their leaders on defense. They lost leaders on offense. They're replacing two offensive linemen. Yeah, but here you are with no quarterback, put them at number two. And that's why preseason rankings are a joke. People can sit here and talk all they want about recruiting or what they think. But, come on, Alabama will be a number two preseason in the country right now. They haven't deserved, They don't deserve that based on what you look at. I mean, you, you look at teams like Ohio State, Braxton Miller's coming back. They play in the Big Ten. I mean, you, people say it like hypocritically, like they will reward teams for playing an easy schedule and then they'll penalize people for playing a tough schedule and then they'll start rewarding teams for playing a tough schedule. So, Trey, I, I don't know what to really make of, of preseason polls anymore. As we've seen the last few years, the experts haven't gotten it right. Well, yeah, and there's been teams outside of the top ten. Um, even what I think if you look at the last, what, ten years, and you did a Final Four, uh, I think half of those teams would have been unranked going into the season. So, I mean, you got to look at I mean, teams like Florida, um, you know, who, who really, really don't know what to make of them. I mean, they could make a run and make this Final Four. I mean, there's going to be somebody who comes out of um, – definitely not the top ten right now, and maybe even not even ranked, who surprised us by the end of the year and are in this Final Four. Well, as we speak, Cam overthrows a wide-open receiver for a touchdown. Good job, Cam. But, yeah, I mean, you look at history, and history tells you that someone else is going to come probably into this Final Four other than the top teams that they're mentioning. I just don't understand why people can't can't pick someone else besides everybody. It's like ESPN has an agenda of who's getting in the playoffs. They want everybody to push this same agenda. And you'll see Florida State, Alabama, Oklahoma, and sometimes you'll see an Oregon, you'll see an Ohio State in there. But 
really the Florida State, Alabama, and Oklahoma, those are the three best teams in the country, and they're not disputing that. And like I said the other night, Trey, Florida State, Alabama, and Oklahoma, one of those will probably make the Final Four, one of those teams. And if you had your guess right now, and I know you're a Florida State fan, who's going to make that Final Four if you had to pick one of those three? Well, if I had to pick one of those three, it's going to come down to to Alabama and Oklahoma. I'm sorry, not Oklahoma. Basically, Alabama and Florida State. The problem with Alabama is they have to go through a very tough SEC West. I mean, you could see them losing to somebody who you may not see them losing to now. Maybe Texas A&M with, with, you know, Hill. uh, Now they're started at sophomore. I mean, they definitely could lose the Iron Bowl. Um, I mean, you look at the SEC West, sorry, uh, and you see a lot of losses that Alabama possibly could have. Yeah, I look at I look at the top 25, looking at Auburn right here, at number five in the coaches and six in the AP. They play seven top 25 teams in the preseason. There's nobody really besides Arkansas is not in there, but they play just as many. But you look at that schedule, you know, that Auburn plays. Can they make it to a Final Four playoff? The only way they can do it, is if they can get through with only one loss, you have to put them in. If they can get through 11-1 and one in this schedule, they play number two, Alabama, on the road. They play number nine, South Carolina. They play number 12, Georgia, in Georgia. They play number 13, LSU. They play number 18, Ole Miss. They play number 20, Kansas State. They play number 21, Texas A&M. And I'm, I'm telling you, Mississippi State's in the 30s they play on the road, but I – I feel more worried about playing Mississippi State than I do number 20, Kansas State. So looking at this preseason poll, I mean, it's just you can't really disagree with it because you really don't understand what all's coming back on these teams, what the practices look like. And, and I think, you know, so many people get it wrong in the preseason because they're not allowed to really watch practices. They're not actually allowed to see what's going on behind closed doors. And some of these these, these guys won't report it. That they don't want anybody to see any special players that's going on. But I have to look, like Trey said, there's somebody outside of this top 10, 15 here that, that's going to make a run. And, and you look at a Notre Dame team, can they, you know, not get suspended and, and actually be competitive and make it? You have Ole Miss that's in the West is supposed to have a tough year. And like Trey said, Florida, a team that, that won 11 games the, the prior year, uh, they could easily come back and make a run. It's just anybody's ball game. The good thing about college football, everybody starts 0-0. Everybody has a, is undefeated right now. Everyone has a chance. But when I look at this top ten, the teams I don't I think are overrated. I have Oklahoma. I can't. Re- I think Alabama is a little overrated. But really, who are you going to put above them? I would. I look at returning quarterbacks. I look at Ohio State. What they bring back. You'd have to think they would be ranked a little higher. And you'd look at Auburn bringing back their offense and defense, really, uh, starting quarterback, UCLA bringing back Hundley. I think those teams are a little underrated. But Oklahoma is not the fourth-best team in the country. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm just sorry to tell you. I think Baylor's better than Oklahoma. Um, Georgia and LSU at 12 and 13, I think they're a tad too high. I think they should be down a little bit. Wisconsin with their schedule – they play, they should be up maybe just a little bit. But Trey Clemson at 16, is is that surprising to you? I mean, I know it's, how long has it been since we've seen Clemson this far down in a preseason poll? Well, it's been a while. I mean, replacing the starting quarterback is obviously one of the main reasons why and losing Sammy Watkins. 
mean, they lost a lot of depth, um, and, and there's an, they've been recruiting pretty well. I think people forget how well Clemson's recruited at the skill positions. I mean, look at the running backs and receivers, and they've put in the NFL recently. It's pretty competitive. So uh, I think Clemson's going to be very competitive this year, just like they have been in recent years. Uh, obviously, their big barometer test is going to be Florida State. Yep, and you see Texas A&M 21. You know, honestly, Trey, I think that's being generous. I think that's a little post-Johnny Manziel hangover. People are are voting on Nebraska 22. I just I don't see how, how they're ranked. Missouri at 24. Really don't see how they're ranked with everything they lost. But there's a Michigan State team up there. Now, I've really I've, – I've tried to do a Final Four. I've, I've tried to predict one. But, Trey, I cannot predict it. I feel – I don't feel comfortable about picking any team in the Final Four right now. I don't know why, but I just don't feel comfortable. Uh, I don't trust Florida State right now. I don't trust Alabama. I don't trust Auburn, Oklahoma yet. I have to be able to see them play and see some questions that I have for all of these teams before I can – you know, feel comfortable about predicting. How far are you away from being able to predict a Final Four and feel good about it? Trey? Oh, sorry, be, I was uh, talking away. Hey, sorry, man. Okay. Um, I was, again, talking off of you. Um, I, I, uh, I will give you a, a Final Four preseason, the last show before the Oklahoma State game, the Oklahoma State Florida State game. Uh, but I will not feel good about it. I mean, I probably mm. won't feel good about it until around, you know, we're talking about around probably October. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to, to say. I mean, Auburn is a team, we talk about their schedule, uh, how they did last year. I want to say, yeah, they're going to be in that playoff as a fan and just seeing what I see on, with, on paper, what they have coming back, what they've recruited. But, all it takes is one play to change a season. That's how I've seen. I've seen a three and nine Auburn team go to the go to the championship for God's sake, and I've seen a championship team turn around to a three win team. So it's it's so easy to fall off. And Trey, what is it gonna what is it gonna take to convince you that that say Auburn is a team that you think could get in the Final Four? What questions do you have for them right now? Well, I mean, it's just gonna be longevity and and. You know, a lot of people are, are, are saying that this offense can't be stopped. Well, I mean, here's the thing about defense is, um, you know, that when given a whole year, a lot of people can do a lot of things with coaching. Um, and so you got to see how people are going to adjust against Malzahn's offense. Um, people have made adjustments and that kind of stuff before. Uh, you got to wonder about Kyle Frazier a little bit. Um, so to, to Kyle me, Frazier. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, I'm sorry. Yeah, Marshall. <laughs> I hope not. I hope he's not quarterbacking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went, I went way back. I went way back to school on you. Um, yeah, I, I'm Marshall. I, I mean, here's the thing. There's a lot of question marks about all. I mean, they play a they play a pretty tough schedule. I mean, seven ranked teams in the preseason. I don't know what that really means, but it means something. So, you know, there's a lot of question marks for Auburn, just like there is there are for anybody else. I mean. I, um, one of the things, like you can talk about with Florida State, I mean, I mentioned this a few seconds ago, but I think Isaiah Jones being academically ineligible is huge. He was supposed to be Kelvin Benjamin. He was he's 6'4". He's a huge beast of a guy himself. Um, you know, without the guy going up to get the ball, um, is that more turnovers for a quarterback who kind of throws it up every once in a while? Um, you know, so there's a lot of question marks about a lot of these teams, and anybody who doesn't think so is Harvard, I think it's fooling himself. 
Yeah, and I, I just look at it. You know, people always talk about, you know, they, they talk about Auburn, like people adjusting to Gus Malzahn. And, and it's it's not like that was Gus Malzahn's offense last year. I just want people to understand that that's what the strength he had at that time while he was running, that it really couldn't be stopped. It, it really couldn't be stopped consistently. And now I just think people forget that Gus Malzahn is going to make adjustments too. He's not going to come out and run the same offense, every, play the same. He, he doesn't have tendencies, Trey. And that's one thing about him as a coach that I respect. Is he doesn't have tendencies like, like other people. We're going to find out a lot about this team. And, you know, one team – that as the season keeps going on, Trey, or it gets closer, the Ohio State Buckeyes, their team I'm starting to get higher on and higher on every week. Am I crazy? Or I look at Braxton Miller. I look at what Urban Meyer's done in the past. I look at what he did at Utah, what he did at Florida, what he's doing at Ohio State. How can you really um, say that they're not going to make a four-team playoff? With their schedule, it's not that difficult. With Braxton Miller, I mean, this offense could be good. The defense is going to be good. I mean, Ohio State could be the favorite, and we're not even talking about them, really. Well, that's definitely a possibility. I mean, Urban Meyer, one of the best coaches in the game, got a lot of talent, uh, a very weak schedule. Um, the Big Ten is really unchallenging for any elite team. Uh, I think Michigan State's probably a little overhyped. When's the last time you saw them be good two years in a row? Um, it's been a while, so... Um, I, I think Ohio State has probably the inside track to win the Big Ten. Uh, and I kind of agree with you. I think I predicted them to, win, to lose two in our show. Um, I'm definitely already rethinking that based on sort of the strength of Braxton Miller and Urban Meyer. And they got a couple other guys there that are pretty scary, scary talented. Yeah, that is. Urban Meyer is a great coach. And having that quarterback back, I think people – they underestimate how important that is. You look at Florida State, they have a, a top-tier quarterback. Oregon, Mariota's back, a Heisman front runner. You have Oklahoma, I'm still not sold on their quarterback. Braxton Miller, Nick Marshall, Hunley. Michigan State has their quarterback back. South Carolina, Dylan Thompson, Baylor. I mean, these guys, Stanford, uh, I mean, all these guys, you look at the top 10 or 11 teams, all of them have their quarterbacks back but one trade and that's Alabama. We'll talk about them in a little while. I mean, too much love for Alabama right now, I'm thinking, uh, with no proven quarterback. You look at the spring game, you see what they what they look like, and what I'm hearing about Coker, and I know it's just hearsay in practice, Trey, but I hear he may not win that starting job, and if that's, not, if that's the case, Alabama could be in trouble. Well, I think, I think if we go into the season with Blake Sims as a starter, I think that's a lot of trouble. Um, and there's a lot of uh, there's actually a lot of hype out of people who've been watching um, the practices in Alabama to have Blake Sims be the starter um, because at least at least he can maneuver with his feet. Um, but I'll tell you, I just yeah, I mean I think that's going to be a turnover interesting you know, battle there. I think if Alabama goes with a guy like that, um, they're going to have some turnover issues. Yeah, but I'm just trying to show a point out a common denominator here. That, that people don't see, that to be a top-tier team, usually to win a championship, usually you have to have a quarterback. We see, we've seen Alabama win it with Greg, Greg McElroy coming in. We've seen A.J. McCarron. He was a new quarterback, won a championship. We've seen Nick Marshall come in, make a championship. We've seen Cam Newton come from JUCO win one. We saw Jameis Winston. Uh, so it's not impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but 
the preseason to me, I always circle that quarterback. I want to see what they have coming back. And right now I'm not convinced Alabama has, has the team in place to win it. And, Trey, we'll, if you want to go ahead, we'll start talking about the, the Crimson Tide right now. They, they come in. Let's come in. Let's do it, man. Looking at the, the Crimson Tide of Alabama, the schedule sets up good for them, Trey. They do go to Baton Rouge. They play Auburn at home. Uh, West Virginia, neutral side in Atlanta. Wow, oh, it's just they, they've lost a lot. It's, it's hard. You look at recruiting, and you see them dominate recruiting over the last five years, Trey. Why am I not sold on them this season? Why am I, why am I feeling caution? Last year I didn't, I didn't feel that about Alabama, but this year I'm, I'm kind of reserved on, on my predictions for them. Well, I think it's because, one, the West – I mean, I don't know that there's any team in the West who's not going to be better record-wise – uh, are going to be different, but I think experience-wise and talent-wise, almost every team, I think every team in the West, in my opinion, are better than they were last year, um, and so uh, that just, there in and of itself, is going to lead to problems for, for Alabama having to get through the schedule. Uh, I, I think Arkansas is going to give somebody a trouble, and I don't think they're going to be very good this year, but I think Arkansas is going to surprise somebody, you know, I mean, so you just got to look at that, that West, and as talented as those teams are, it's hard to predict any team getting through it, especially a team without a quarterback. I mean, whether it's, I think, poker, they'd be fine. Um, but you just don't know. I mean, they have so much talent everywhere around, but offensive line and quarterback, you know, two of the main positions you got to be good at. Um, we have questions that marks them out. Yeah, I also have question marks. You said I have questions at quarterback, offensive line, and also the secondary. And one thing I'll say about the secondary at least the SEC is they don't have the explosive or the experienced gunslingers that they had last year. So last year, if you had a bad secondary, you would get exploited. This year, maybe Alabama has time to grow up, you know, and and get more experience as the season goes on. But there's something about the last two games for Alabama. I mean, heading into another season, you lose the way you did in the Iron Bowl. You lose Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. Now here we are in a new season, and I know. You know, Saban's saying they're hungry, and everybody's saying they're hungry, but once once the, the games start, reality begins, Trey, should I be concerned that Alabama lost their two games? Should that have any impact on my decision for 2014? I don't put any stock into it um, because, I mean, like you said, I mean, Auburn went from three and nine to, you know, a, a national title game, and you can't make much of the way they finished. I don't make much of the way – Florida finished at what four and eight last year because I think they're going to be different and so I, I don't put much stock into it. This is going to be a totally different team. It's not led by AJ McCarron who is a sort of a steady hand through pressure. Uh, there are going to be a lot of new guys at, at new places in Alabama who haven't been the guy um, during a championship run. So uh, they may have guys who've been on the team, but they have a lot of guys who are just now getting their 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 PT in. So. Uh, it'll be a different Bama team, uh, and one that I think, um, and I'll start us off, Harvin, I, I think they're going to struggle for a bit in the West Virginia game. Clint Trinket, the quarterback at West Virginia, has at least been around pressure before. He played some games at Florida State. He played games at West Virginia, so he, he started before. Um, West Virginia is not very talented, uh, so they're going to lose this game, but I think they're going to frustrate Bama at least uh, with some turnovers early, Harvin. Yeah, I just I just can't see West Virginia 
Uh, and Sonia's going to join us in, in a few minutes here. We're going to get her take on the Tide. If you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564. And if you look, if you look at the Tide, the defense, to me, the front is going to be stronger this year. I think that's where West Virginia is going to struggle. I look at them having trouble moving the ball at all. I mean, even through the air, running the ball, getting any kind of consistent plays down the field, I think that's what's going to hurt Trickett. I think the defensive line is going to get some sacks. And really, I know people think that they could struggle. I don't. I think the running game will probably be enough. And Alabama's Alabama. Talent does matter. Early in the season, they're coming off two losses. They're going to be hungrier. I like Western, or I like Alabama to blow them out, Trey. I think they'll cover the spread. I could be wrong. It's just hard to gauge right now. Yeah, I don't even know what the spread is. I think it's going to be close in the first half. And I don't know how ugly it'll get in the second half. But I think it's going to be very close in the first half. Maybe even tied game going into halftime. Um, but we're going to see Alabama pull away in the second half. They're just too good. Um, and too many places to let West Virginia push them. Yeah, and there's no need to discuss Florida Atlantic and Southern Miss trade, but one game that has my attention, September 20th in Tuscaloosa, Florida comes in. And this is a team that they're not as bad as that record said last year. They're kind of like an Auburn team that, that fell off and they came back real quick. When you have great recruiting classes, you know, you can do that. If, you do, if you're trying to rebuild, it's different. But Florida has the tools in place with a new offensive coordinator and Driscoll as a quarterback trade. This could be an interesting game. I think both teams will be undefeated coming in this one, and I think this could be a turning point for both teams. Yeah, this is actually a game that I don't know where I'm going to pick just yet. But I'll tell you, I'm already looking at Florida um, being the next surprise team in it. I'm real close to even predicting Florida wins the East. I mean, I, I think I really do think they're going to have a rebounding type of year, and I would love for that not to be the case as a Florida State fan. But I'm looking at a, t- a team that has got a you know p- p- a potential player of the year defensively, you know, and Hargraves in that secondary who can just survive an injury scare, and they got talent on defense, um, NFL ready talent. If Driscoll plays at all like his talent was in high school, they're going to be real good this year, Tarvin. And I, I just – we'll have to see how I'll predict. I'm going to go out with them right now, Tarvin, but I'm just telling you, this this is a game in Bryant-Denny. Uh, they have lost a game or two in Bryant-Denny the last couple of years. Um, we'll see, Tarvin. Florida's going to be good this year, I think. Yeah, they have. Are they good enough for me to say you're going to go into Tuscaloosa and, and beat Alabama? Not yet. I mean, I still don't think you can turn that offense around overnight. And Muschamp's made higher after higher trying to get it right. This is not Duke. You know, you're playing against, you're you're coaching against. You're not coaching against. No disrespect, ACC defenses. And Brian Denny is hell to play in. Granted, you jump on them early. Usually, you can. You, the crowd's gone out of it you can win, but we'll see. I'm picking Bama in this one, and, you know, a bye week happens, and then they travel to Oxford, Trey, a team they beat 25 to nothing in Tuscaloosa last year. Ole Miss getting a lot of love, a lot of hype. Remember the great recruiting class they had two years ago. These guys have grown up a little bit. Are you are you on upset alert right now for Alabama? No, they're going to have a bye coming off this game. If Florida doesn't doesn't win, they're going to scare them, and they're, they're going to be ready because Ole Miss is going to be so hyped by this point. And I'm telling you, Ole Miss might be, what, seven or eight in the country by this point because they're going to be undefeated more than likely. This is going to be the, the most overhyped game in the history of Ole Miss. 
and they're just going to get whipped. I mean, because here's the thing, Tarvin, that recruiting class wasn't a team. I mean, you're talking about a lineman, uh, you know, a defensive lineman and a receiver. I mean, that was the big, that was the five stars they got. Uh, that wasn't, that's not enough to beat a team full of them. Um, so, I mean, they just got too many pieces still missing. This is not a team. Um, I think they're tremendously overhyped. Yeah, I do too. And, and looking at Ole Miss, and Sonia, I tried to bring you on. I'm getting a big echo out there, so I'll try again in just a second. Um, this is going to be a tough game, Trey. I'm telling you, Ole Miss is going to have a lot of confidence, uh, a lot of confidence in this game. This game being an Oxford, Trey, I'm going to go ahead and do it right now, Trey. I'm going to pick Ole Miss to beat Alabama. <laughs> you believe wow. that? Wow. Have you been to Oxford, by the way? Have you been to that stadium? I'm joking, man. Come on, get it, real. It, it's a, yeah, it's a glorified high school stadium. It's it's that's got to be the smallest stadium in the SEC. It's it's like it's a not intimidating, stadium. is it? It's no, it's really not, and it's not loud. Now, really, I was trying to see if I could get a rise out of you or a response out of you, but I'll get one out of Sonya in a minute when I bring her on. But no, Ole Miss last year they came in with a hype. You know, they're gonna. They're going to beat Alabama, and they get shut out. They get blamed. So, no, Ole Miss, it's not Baton Rouge yet. And if, if, if this game was at Florida instead of being an at Ole Miss, I would probably pull an upset in this one, Trey. But I'm going to say Alabama right now is 5-0 and after that October 4th game at Ole Miss and at Arkansas, really. They beat them 52 to nothing last year. Do you want to discuss that game? <laughs> It'll be more competitive than it was last year, but it's, I don't know what the spreads are going to be. Um, I, I'm telling you, Arkansas is going to be better. That doesn't mean they're going to not get whipped in this game, but they're going to be better than they were last year. Yeah, no, honestly, I'm, I'm worried about them week one, to tell you the truth. I know they, they have a lot of uh, tough physical players. I'm kind of worried about that being an Auburn man, but we're on Alabama tonight. October 18th, Texas A&M rolls into Bryant-Denny. Um, they've given Alabama fits. The last two years, they've been in the SEC here. Beat them two years ago in Tuscaloosa. Alabama pulled it out 49-42 to last year. The difference is no Johnny Manziel, no Evans, no big All-American lineman, really. He left to go to the NFL trade. Does Texas A&M have enough to, to give Nick Saban trouble in this game? Well, a lot of people have them way down. I'm surprised AP didn't. And I've heard a lot of polls that say A&M's going to have a really bad year. Uh, remember, this, this this Hill kid is a phenom in himself. They still have the guy right now who um, I can't recall the guy's name, but he's going to be a first-round draft pick next year as well. Saint M's going to put another guy in the top ten, more than likely, or top fifteen in the NFL draft next year as a left tackle. I'm telling you, they're still going to be okay on the offensive line, but I just question the receivers, the defense. I don't know that it's any any better. We'll see. Um, I think a and is going to be a lot more competitive than we think they're going to be, but I just don't see them winning a big one this year. All right. I see Alabama getting by this one. A&M doesn't have the defense to stop a running game. And, and I think this time of the year the question marks on the offensive line could be answered. And it's a bad time to play uh, the mighty tide right here. And October 25th, my birthday. You know, Trey, is it is it coincidence that, that Alabama goes to Knoxville on my birthday. Could Tennessee give me an early birthday present? 
Tennessee's going to be competitive like they were last year. They're going to get, they're going to get beat pretty good at times, and then they're going to be real competitive at times. Um, I, I'm not going to predict an upset right now, Tarvin, but we'll have to see how Tennessee matures. They're still real young. Um, we saw them get a couple injuries last year, and it really hurt them pretty bad. They're going to play tough. I, I feel like Bush Jones wins a game that he's not supposed to, like he did last year, um, which I'm not going to predict it yet, but Tennessee's going to give people fits as well. They're, they're a team that's up and coming. Well, I'll tell you the problem I have with this matchup. I know Colin Coward came out and said Tennessee would beat Alabama in Rocky Top, but the, the, when you've looked at Alabama lose games over the past couple of years, and they haven't lost many, trust me, they have a great record. You have to have a dynamic offense, a dynamic kind of quarterback, like a dual threat. Worley, I believe, is the quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. He's named a starter. And, Trey, I just think he's he's slow. He can't run. And if you can't maneuver out of that pocket against Alabama, they're going to they're gonna blitz you to death. They're going to beat you to death. They're going to trick you. There's nothing you can do. You're a sitting duck, and that's the problem. No offensive line, or when I say that, no experienced offensive line. All the defensive line's gone. This is going to be tougher to beat Alabama than, than you think it will be. I'm going to go with Alabama, Trey. Yeah, I – I'm not real sort on Worley yet either. We'll have to see um, how he does. He seems to be a guy who may get bounced around a little bit. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but I'll move us on so far. We both have them undefeated. Um, they have an open date, and then here comes the Bayou Bengals. Or at least the Bayou Bengals are, are going to host the Crimson Tide. What do you think, buddy? Oh, man, this is a tough one. See, nobody's talking about LSU this year. And the reason they're not, they lost their quarterback, they lost their their backfield, they lost their big-time receivers in trade. That, that's going to be tough. If Alabama plays like they did again in the spring game and they and Sims is a quarterback, I'm taking LSU, you know, honestly, in Baton Rouge. I just don't know what LSU has. That's why it's so hard to predict this. If I could see them play three or four games just to see, it, it, I would feel a lot better. But I don't feel comfortable enough right now to – to say that LSU can beat Alabama, not without the playmakers that they had last year. And you saw last year how much trouble they had moving the ball on Alabama. So this year is going to be tougher. I know it's in Baton Rouge, but I think Nick Saban likes to play in, in Baton Rouge. He does very well. So I'm going to go with the tide in this one. Yeah, I'm going to tell you a name that you're going to know about this point. That's Leonard Fournette. This guy was a five-star, number one running back in the country. Um, some people who have seen him say that he could be um, one of the best players in, in, in college football as of this year. I, th- I think the ground game is going to be huge for LSU. Uh, they're going to find running room. They're going to have a – and right now, Tarvin, I'm going to pick LSU in the upset. Wow, LSU in the upset. Would it really be an upset this time of year? Well, I think I, I mean, well I'm most favored right now in all our games, so I'm just going off that. Okay, I got you. All right, the next one. Uh, another beast is coming out. People are hyping up. The Mississippi State Bulldogs in Tuscaloosa, Trey. Uh, I just, I'm not feeling that one either. <laughs> yeah, Mississippi State, no chance, buddy. I, I don't, I don't want to talk about that one too much. Um, the Western Carolina, not so much either, buddy. All right, well, all right. Well, the Auburn game, I'll start that one off. I don't – this is going to be interesting because I have Alabama 11-0 up to this point. 
if Alabama loses this game, Trey, I still think, as long as it's not a blowout, and Auburn never blows out Alabama, so I think Alabama's in the 14 playoff. And, and I think Auburn probably comes in with a loss right here into Tuscaloosa. I think that offense is going to be clicking. Alabama has trouble against offenses like this, Trey, and I think Nick Marshall being a senior is going to be huge. I think Auburn's going to get them right here, hand Alabama their first loss. But guess what? Alabama's still in the playoff. Well, here, I guess here's here's what I think about this game is I think, oddly enough, I think the team that has less on paper to play for is going to win this game. So I think if Auburn has a, has a loss or two at this point, they go in Tuscaloosa and pull an upset. It's, it's, you know, if Bama's you know, undefeated or one loss, I, I think it's going to be sort of a wreck-it-route scenario. You're going to have a team – I mean – one way or the other, each team has a reason to be really good in this game. So, you know, hard for me to predict. Right now I'm going to say Bama because I have them losing in LSU. Um, but I'll tell you what, Tarvin, a lot of me thinks that Auburn um, may have a loss or two and they're going to look to wreck Alabama's season or vice versa. I think if Auburn's undefeated and they've played a tough schedule and Alabama's got a loss or two, they're going to go in and wreck the other season. So I think this is going to be one of the another game for the ages either way we go. And I think, look, I'm telling you, if Auburn can beat Alabama, they're going to be in the playoff as long as they don't have two losses going into that one probably. And and I, I can see the two teams in the SEC that's going to make it, Alabama and Auburn. But if you look at this schedule for Alabama, uh, I don't think people appreciate how good the Auburn receivers are. And this secondary being young, uh, really without a leader that I see, will be tested in this game with these, these big-time receivers. The running game will be there. This is Iron Bowl. I mean, we've seen it in 2010. We saw last year's anything can happen. So I'm going to pick Auburn to win this one. I don't think Alabama is going to go undefeated, but I, I do see them between one, two, maybe three losses, depending on their quarterback. But if they're going to lose a game on this schedule, I think Auburn has the offense to be able to do it. We're going to bring Sonia on right now. Sonia, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how you doing, Hello? babe? How you doing? Can you still hear the echo? No, I can't hear it now. And my studio's been freezing up. I was trying to bring you on, and it was sitting there spinning. And then I shut you down. And then when I brought you on, it was echoing. But you heard our prediction. <coughs> you heard what? Yes, we said. I did. <laughs> We're in agreement for for most of the games. What do you think about the tide this year? All right, first, the first thing that I have to say is a lot of people, and I know so many people are not used to thinking of Alabama like this because of Alabama's recent success, but Alabama's the sort of team, if they lose two games in a row, that does not mean that the whole program has collapsed and, oh, my God, we need to go and just rebuild and rechange or whatever. It just means we weren't ready those two games. So that's, I want to throw that out there first because I'm so sick of people talking like, oh, my God, what happened to Alabama? Oh, they're, they're this. Get the, just get the blank out of here with that, okay? That is, we lost two games. That was it. We lost before, and we won before. Get over it. Now, to this schedule, the only three games that I have any concern about, when I mean any sort of, hmm, I'm not sure or whatever, are, number one, Tennessee, and the main reason is because Tennessee is that team. We've played them forever. They can show up when they are having the worst season. So Tennessee can throw a monkey wrench in Bama's plans. They have before. 
So Tennessee is always a game that I always keep an eye on. I don't care how good or bad they are. You have to watch that game. LSU, of course. Excuse me. And, of course, Auburn. And the game that I would say could be a sneak, could could be a trap game for us, would be Mississippi State. Those are mine. Now, when it comes down to it, you got to look at something. Forget this whole quarterback issue. It's Nick Saban. It's going to be figured out. We've got more than Blake Sims to count on. we got Cooper Bateman standing back there. You know, Jacob Coker, all this stuff you see in spring games, you never, you can't take that for fact. And that's one reason why I don't get hyped about spring games. I don't get hyped about any, any sort of preseason talk. The only time I get hyped is after the first three games. After the first three games, I know what we're working with. Before that, it's scuttlebutt, gossip, somebody's opinion of what they viewed. It's not fact. So it's hard to make that a prediction. That's, that's what I've been trying to say. It's just hard to know how a team right. is going to look right now. I can't do it. It's just I can you make can't. predictions. I can guess. I can just go by what I think, which most of the time is not right this early in the season. Now, you get me a month into the season, I can start getting dead on most of these. But right now, it's just guessing is all it is. Exactly. And, see, that's why I have to just look at it. You know, I have to not think about who's going to be our quarterback. I can't think about who's missing or who we need or or what our issues are. I'm looking at the schedule and knowing my team. I'm just looking at the games that I have a concern about. Now, I can turn around and old old Piss could show up, for all we know. I doubt it, but I'm just saying. Basket, I mean, uh, football, it's cyclical. You never know what's going to happen. Any given Saturday is three is those three words that any true college football fan needs to know. Any given Saturday. You could think that this is a slam dunk win, and that team could show up and want it more and win it. I hate preseason, way too early, this team, this team, that team, whatever. This is fine because we're just kind of, you know, BSing and going through what we think. I totally got that. But when it comes to Bama, I have faith in Nick Saban. I have faith in the people that he's hired around him. I have faith in the recruits. I have faith in the, the veteran players and the kids that are coming back. I know that they have a chip on their shoulder and they have something to prove. So all of that adds up to a team that is going to be beyond hungry and has something to prove. That's what I'm looking forward to. That is the Bama that I expect to see. Well, Sonia, stay right here with us just a second. Willie is on the line. Willie, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here. How are you tonight? You doing good? You know, if I were any better, I'd think it was a setup. (laughs) So, so, Willie, tell us what you think about the Alabama Crimson Tide this year. Some questions you have, maybe? Well, is Galen Hall still the coach of Florida by any chance? <laughs> no, I think, uh, or, or who is it, must chance. <laughs> oh, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. One of my favorite stories in all the years I've covered sports, Galen Hall was the uh, offensive coordinator of Oklahoma in 1983. And at the OU Texas game, I happened to march down the, uh, happened to get marched right down the tunnel right next to him. And Texas played kind of this attacking uh, defense. But long story short, I looked over him and said, Coach, use some counter option. He looked at me like, You've got to be nuts and kept walking along. And I get, Galen showed up the next year at Florida, and that's that. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, get back to your question. 
sure, Alabama can lose. I just don't think they're gonna. How about that for a capsule description? Mm-hmm. It's hard to it's hard to predict them to lose with with what they've done in recruiting over the last five or six years, Willie and and Nick Saban. It's just hard to ever bet against them, really. Well, I'm not betting against them. It could happen. But for example, when last year when they played, last year when they played um, uh, Auburn, I actually had breakfast that morning with former Auburn athletic director David Housel. A very interesting bet. One of the professors there thought Auburn can hang in the game, and David said, "I'll tell you what. I hope you're right." And then the professor said, "I think Auburn can win," and David said, "I'll tell you what. I'll buy you your breakfast every morning for the rest of the year if that happens." And David ended up doing that, but. Now, they're stocked with talent, with frightening talent. And here is probably the best story I can relay there. Some people in Tuscaloosa may still be familiar with the name Richard Williamson. Now, Richard was Joe Namath's go-to guy in the 60s. He's now was an assistant coach at Charlotte with the Panthers, now retired. But I stopped off this summer, and I saw him, and I visited with him. And we got talking about certain things, and he told me an interesting story. Richard was best friends with Mal Moore when they were students at Alabama. So he and Mal go back a long, long way where they could talk to each other. And Mal Moore told him he never saw a guy work at recruiting like Nick Saban does. And he was telling a story about how uh, Nick and, um, and um, well, I guess all the primary coaches in the country were at some oh, well-to-do deal at like Pebble Beach or something like this. And they went down to some kind of meet and greet, which was going to last for a couple hours. Nick actually stayed in his room, dashing off little notes for recruiting purposes. And like I said, nobody works at it like he does, and the results show. So Alabama is going to be stocked with talent. They're going to be young, but I'm not betting against them, even though they play Florida State. Well, Willie, buddy, thank you for the call and uh, some some good notes there, Sonia. I think I'm getting a little echo again on your phone there. Can you can you look at it for me? Well, I'm on mute, Sonia. Trey, are you there? My God, what's yeah, happening to everybody? This is a I'm damn radio ready. show. <laughs> damn, Willie. Willie brought some good names to the table here, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he went old school on us. Yeah, he went old school on us. I'm going to bring Sonia back on real quick. Hopefully she's got her phone issue resolved. Yeah. Sonia. Yeah. Are you there? I'm here. Sonia, 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 are you here? Are you here? <laughs> oh, man. Can you Willie, hear me? <laughs> Willie, yeah, I can hear you. Willie Backer, okay. I don't know where he's from, but that was a good call from Willie. But uh, mm-hmm. Alabama, you know, he, Saban's the reason Urban Meyer – went to the Big Ten, I think, because of his recruiting tactics. But, Sonia, tell me what Alabama is going to do on that offensive line. How many freshmen are they going to be able to play and get away with it? <laughs> I'm not really worried about that O-line. Uh, as much as I was on the fire lane kissing bus, and, and actually, just to be honest, I do have it warmed up and ready just in case. Just in case. But I'm not worried about our O line. I'm not worried about I'm not worried about anything with Bama. And that's mainly because I have learned to trust in my coach. When Saban first came to Bama and we would have these discussions preseason, you know, way before your show and all and all this, 
it was, oh, well, I hope this and I hope that, and everything just worked out. So I have learned to just trust in my coach, trust in his decisions. He knows a heck of a lot more than I do. He knows the players and the recruits better than I do. So who am I to sit here and try to naysay him? I'm trusting in what Nick Saban does until he does something that I don't like. So as far as I'm concerned, Bama will be fine and Bama will be Bama. Sonia, Sonia, did you trust him against Oklahoma last year? Oh, I trusted him. It was the players I had a problem with. <laughs> <laughs> I had no problem with saving. <laughs> it was the players I had a problem with. And that, that goes on to the, the other topic when we were talking about and what OU fans and some of you Auburn fans, too, need to understand. When we Bama fans talk about our players not playing hard enough and not caring, it's not an insult to your teams, okay? It's not an insult to your teams. It's not an insult to your coach. It's not an insult at all. It is us critiquing our guys. We see these guys every season. We know how they play. We know how much they give. When we see them not giving 100%, that tells us your head's not in this game. We can always tell. We saw it with Texas A&M when they beat us. You know, it's like we can tell when our guys are not 100% in the game. So when we say that, that's not taken away from anybody else, and I get so sick of people trying to turn it into that. No, we give them props. You won fair and square. It's not like we gave you the game, okay? You won the game. No problem. But when it comes to our players, they did not give their all, and that is just us critiquing them. So stop that BS because I'm so sick of hearing it. (laughs) Well, thanks. So your final prediction, um, where do you see Alabama ending the season this year? After last year, what all we've talked about, what kind of record are you giving I see Bama in the playoffs, and I see Bama playing for the national championship. I'm a Bama fan. What else am I going to say? Exactly. <laughs> I ain't going to sit here and say, well, I see Bama. Hopefully, nah, dog. I'm a diehard Bama fan. I see us in the playoffs, and I see us playing for that, for that national championship. That's what I see every year. Will that happen? We shall see. But that's always going to be my prediction. You can mark that down. All right. Well, thanks, Sonia, for coming on. Trey, um, Alabama in the championship for Sonia. Are you ready to put them in the playoffs? You had a preseason prediction right now, and I know we're not giving our predictions just yet. Are you ready? <laughs> well, Alabama's going to be very competitive. I'm not going to give away who my four are. I'm, I, got, I got two locked in <laughs> to my prediction. Uh, they're going to be competitive. Um, I'll tell you. That, I'll tell you what I will say, Tarvin. There is going to be a team from the West in the playoffs for sure. Well, uh, we'll see about that. You never know. It's it's college football. And the next team we're going to talk about, the South Carolina Gamecocks, a team that, to me, you know, they, they've been consistent. They've won 11 games the last three years. Steve Spurrier has never won an SEC championship in South Carolina. Um, the last time he played in one, he got drilled in trade. Um, people are saying Spurrier thinks this is his best team that he's ever had. I look at it. I have some serious, serious concerns about their defense. I really do. The secondary of South Carolina, the schedule's not too easy. I mean, this is a team that plays Georgia earlier in the season. They play Texas A&M early. They go to Clemson. They go to the Swamp. They go to Auburn. Um, It's a tough schedule for South Carolina, and I think, you know, the secondary is going to get exposed during this time. And, a lot of people are saying South Carolina is a lock to beat A&M, but with that secondary, Trey, I'm not ready just to say it's a lock. 
No, I tell you that that AM game is not a lock. Uh, in fact, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I got South Carolina real, real close. That's only because I think Kenny Hill is going to have some growing pains. But remember, uh, Manziel lost his first game was against Florida, the big SEC opener. Um, and he looked good and brilliant, but it was real shaky and some, some turnovers. I think you're going to see some, I mean, I'm not saying that Hill is, is Johnny Manziel, Tarvin, but I think he's going to be very talented. And he's going to be one of the next uh, quarterbacks that are going to be watching in the SEC. Yeah, the East Carolina week two. I've, I've got South Carolina over A&M two by probably a, a touchdown to 10 points. That's what I'm seeing. East Carolina is a win. Georgia, a team that some people predict going to the playoff, comes to Columbia mm-hmm. week three, Trey. I, I don't think Georgia's going to have enough early on to get South Carolina. I don't think that's going to be enough to expose them. I like South Carolina to beat Georgia week three. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm not big on Georgia this year either. I think a lot of people, um, it seems the same people predict them to win, you know, to be in the playoff or win the SEC every year. Um, a lot of them on ESPN. So I got South Carolina in this game. Georgia right now, even with Pruitt, I just see a lot of holes in that in that team. Uh, so I, I have South Carolina beating Georgia, have them beating Vandy, Vandy Tarvin. So let's, let's go to Missouri. Well, Trey, before you said something about Pruitt and that defense, why do people have Georgia so high this year? I mean, you look at what they lost, and it's a ton and ton and ton of players and, and skill and talent. Why is Georgia up there and a lot of people? Just real quick. Well, I think when you look at the running backs, and, and they have, no kidding, Todd Gurley, uh, who has to be on your Heisman shortlist. I mean, this kid, he's going to be phenomenal if he doesn't get hurt. Um, so that, that's the reason why. I mean, they're going to have an amazing rushing attack. But I just question the defense still. I know Pruitt is there, but they really have the pieces, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just uh, I see recruiting holes in some of their positions. Um, they had a lot of talent the last couple of years and, and were, you know, getting slashed left and right. Uh, so we'll have to see if Pruitt has the pieces that he needs. I mean, they'll be improved, uh, but I think they're going to give up yards. Well, Trey, I'm ready to see ESPN's prediction against ours. I'll take ours seven days a week and twice on Sunday. We'll see if the, the mighty Georgia Bulldogs are going to make that playoff. I don't think so. The next week at Vanderbilt, no Franklin. Really a decimated Vanderbilt team. Any discussion here? No, Vanderbilt, I, I don't even know if they're going to win a game in the SEC this year. I don't either. And then the Missouri game in South Carolina. It's not in Columbia, Missouri. It's in South Carolina. I don't think Missouri is going to have enough to go on the road and win this game. So I'm going to pick South Carolina. Yeah, Missouri is going to give them a real close game, though. South Carolina at home, though. Well, there's 5-0 and for South Carolina right here. And, and remember, guys, these are just predictions and, and guesses. So at Kentucky, I know people laugh at that game. Last year, Kentucky came in and almost beat South Carolina in Columbia. Kentucky seems to be that team that always gives Columbia, or South Carolina trouble, Trey. Stoops, this could be a game that Stoops comes in and wins, one that he's not supposed to in this one. It's a trap game for them, for sure. Um, I think it's going to be closer than, than South Carolina all wants, but i got them winning that. Um, and the Paladins of Furman aren't going to give them much of a shot either. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick Kentucky in this game. Uh, Kentucky wow. will beat South Carolina uh, to give them their first loss of the season, which I don't want that to happen because I want them to come on my birthday to Auburn and get waxed. But that's going to happen anyway. So October 25th at Auburn, Trey, who do you have? 
Doesn't dun, dun, dun Auburn man. I think uh, South Carolina doesn't have the pieces to stick with Auburn this year. Auburn's going to have a tough time this year, um, yeah, but they're going to win the, the, the good ones at home for sure. So I think South Carolina loses. That's the first loss I have them. Yeah, this is the second loss I have them. The next week, hosting Tennessee. I mean, this is going to be a tough game. Tennessee's going to start playing harder and harder every week. But Trey. I'm still going to go with South Carolina at home on a two-game losing streak to end that, end that streak. Yeah, I, I have them beating Tennessee. Um, then a bye week, Tarvin, and at Florida. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Gators in this game. Uh, November yeah. 15th, Florida Gators, uh, they're going to take care of business. Cuervo's upset in the chat room right now that – that I picked South that I picked South Carolina over Tennessee, but remember Cuervo, this is a revenge game too. That that could have cost South Carolina a chance to play for a national championship. Tennessee beat them last year, so I'm sure that's stuck in Spurrier's crawl. But mm-hmm. I'm going with the Gators, and I'm going with the Gators in the swamp. Yeah, I agree with you. I, again, I, the Gators are going to be my surprise team, even though I hate to say it. Um, I think the Gators beat South Carolina and get the number two. And here, here's the thing: even if they beat Florida, Carvin, I'm just going to say this. Um, South Carolina will not beat Florida and Clemson this year, so they're going to lose one of those two games. Uh, I'm going to say it's Florida for now, um, but South Carolina's going to lose two games this year. Okay, I'm going to say three. Uh, that that I think they'll beat Clemson and Clemson. Spurrier owns Dabo. He, he Dabo prays to him every night almost. So. <laughs> Here's a, here's a South Carolina team that's won 11 games, and I think they'll win 10 games with a bowl game. So I mean, a 10 win season followed by three 11, or, you know, prior to three 11 win seasons, a successful year. Maybe not for South Carolina fans in general, but they've lost a lot, and I just think it's hard to overcome. Nine and three is respectable trade for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. There's some, there's some losable games in the schedule, and I just think on the road, um, it's going to be real tough for some of these games. So i got to lose twice. Um, you're right. I mean, Dabo, Dabo has, has not had any success against Spurrier. So, I mean, uh, but I, I think South Carolina loses one of those two games. But uh, this is not the year they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, you, you keep you – keep, uh... You keep referring to Auburn as a team that's going to struggle this year. I'm, I'm anxious to see what they can do. And uh, looking at a t- another team that, that I want to talk about real quick, the Baylor Bears, we never got to, to preview them, Trey. I don't know what happened, but somehow we skipped Baylor. But tell me about Baylor and the Big 12 real quick. That's just one team I want you to give me your quick comments on. Do they have a chance to win that Big 12 conference? I, I believe they do. You tell me what you think. Yeah, Baylor is my Big 12 champion. I mean, I think uh, everybody's picking Oklahoma. Uh, but Baylor really has talent. I mean, I think their defense is still improving. Uh, and, and you tell me, they've got a running back on that team. I can't think of the kid's name who's going to be with Bryce Petty in, in the Heisman discussion think, by the end of the year. Uh, I think Baylor, they aren't really going away. People just assume that, that they're sort of a one-and-done team. But they've been very successful Um the last few years combined, and I just don't think the Big 12 is all that daunting for them to get through, and they don't play that great of an out-of-conference schedule. I mean, SMU, Northwestern State, Buffalo, they're going to blow these folks out. Um, their first test is going to come on the road against Iowa State because that's a trap game, but I got Baylor winning the Big 12, buddy. 
Sailor winning the Big 12, buddy. I do, too. I do Oklahoma. Good Lord. I'm, I'm just so sick of the hype with the media about Oklahoma. Give it a rest, for God's sake. Oklahoma is not ready to be there just yet. I'm still not sold on their quarterback position. But next Sunday night, just want to give all the listeners out there a little taste. We're going to... We're going to preview the teams that played in the championship last year, Florida State and Auburn. That'll be our last preview of the teams we do, Trey. Florida State and Auburn this Sunday, next Sunday night. Wednesday night, though, we're going to have a little fun. It's going to be some NFL, but it's just like a. I want to do an open show, what's on anybody's mind, whatever they want to talk about, their, their favorite team, their favorite color. Hell, I don't care what it is as long as it's to do with football, really. So I want people to call in and feel free to talk about their team, ask questions, give us give us their opinions on how their team's going to do, Trey. I mean, I, I think a lot of people out there have, have some valuable information if they just pick up the phone and call. Hey, here's the thing, Tarvin. You can always call us, tweet us, hit us on Facebook. Let us know what you want to talk about or what you think, and we'll get you on here. You know, I mean, you know, if, if if Jason Minson in here wants to talk about the Gophers, you know, he can always call us and talk about the Gophers, right, Jason? <laughs> Where is Jason? Jason, are you there? Probably he went the upstairs. Uh, oh, there she is. He went up, well, Sonia, he went upstairs. Sonia, tell <laughs> Tell everybody out there, if you can, on Facebook to to call in Wednesday night and talk about their team and everything. I just think when people's teams aren't doing well, like like last year, it seemed like our whole chat room was covered up with Bama fans and stuff. But as soon as they lost, you didn't, you stayed, but the majority of them just jumped off a ship somewhere. Same thing with Auburn. When Auburn lost to Florida State, all the fans just jumped off the ship and and drown. I, I just wish people would, would stay faithful to their team and not just when they're good. Oh, heck yeah. You know, we always have to <laughs> always give credit. It's like all the people, like I give credit to, there's only a handful of Auburn fans that I actually said that could actually talk smack and really talk big smack because they were there during the 3-9 and nine season, and that was you, Quinn, you know, Kimberly, uh, John Patrick, you know, all of those guys. Those are the people where it's like that's a diehard fan, you know. But some of these fair weather and they can't tell you who the backup quarterback is, can't name any coach besides a head coach, can't tell you anything. Dude, please just put your hat in the closet, hang that jersey up. You don't deserve to wear it. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us tonight, Miss Minson, and I wish Jason could have could have stopped in. Trey. The NFL is getting here. We only got a couple more minutes left, but I mean, what are you excited about about the NFL? Oh man, there's, there's so much the NFL has got me geeked out, man. Um, definitely going to post or, or predict the NFL um, when it comes down to uh, you know the storylines. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: a lot of people are predicting uh, a repeat performance of, of the Super Bowl. Uh, no way that's happening. Last year, that was my Super Bowl prediction going into the year. I'm going to preview it right now, Tarvin. Uh, I do not have um, that same matchup this year, so uh, we'll have to see. I'll give you my prediction before the season, though. Yeah, I barely missed it. I missed one team in that, but Trey nailed it last year live on the air. And I'm going to give a shout-out to Cuervo, too, last year. He uh, – he came in and, and nailed it, saying the Eagles were going to win the West trade. Do you remember me laughing at him 
when he predicted that, and I think you even <laughs> yeah. you even giggled a little bit. I was like, "What's Cuervo on tonight?" I, I want right. some of that. But uh, people, I mean, the listeners on this show, the people we interact with, they know football. I mean, I like dealing with people that actually know football and bring something to the table. And Cuervo definitely does that as well. And Sonia and Jason, all these guys actually bring something to the table. Willie did a great job tonight calling. So bring some information to the show. Give us, uh, give us what you think and everything. But I'm more pumped up about the NFL this year than I have been in a long time. Maybe it's because I've, I've, I have my Sundays all decked out, Trey, with the NFL ticket, red zone. I've got it all. I'm ready. But the NFL, is it, is it just me or is it just getting more exciting every year? No, it's I, I love the NFL, so um, it's just uh, it's an interesting. Uh, the Red Zone Channel has just changed, I think, all of our, a lot of our lives. Uh, I'm getting blown up on Facebook right now by Quinn Thomas. By the way, Tarvin is telling me that uh, if I think Alden <laughs> is going to struggle, I'm sadly mistaken. Uh, I think a lot of what I said got taken out of context, but we'll see. I, I'll tell you guys on the air next next Sunday about what I think of the Auburn yeah, you, and the Bayou you Eagles. Were talking about the, the, you were talking about the uh, the schedule, the, the loss of Greg Robinson, Trey Mason, Carl Lawson being injured. I mean, there's a lot of question marks on the Auburn Tigers. So, I mean, I'm the biggest fan out there. There's nobody bigger than me. And I'm telling you that there's a lot of questions about that Auburn Tigers team. And we're going to talk about it like next Sunday night. I'm gonna, We're going to break these teams down, Florida State, Trey knows everything about that team. We'll probably have Jonathan come in, um, bring some Auburn people in. But, I mean, this Auburn team could be great, Trey. They, they could be an eight-win team. They could be a seven-win team with that schedule. The thing is, one thing you have to be as a fan, you have to be humbled at one point. Two years ago I was humbled to realize anything can happen, so don't take anything for granted. I'm worried about Arkansas. But, Trey, Get back to the NFL real quick. You love the NFL more than you do college, don't you? I, you know, to me, it's like how, it's like my two kids. I can't tell you which one I love the most. I mean, I love them both the same. <laughs> uh, I, I am glued more to the TV on NFL days because I because Sunday ticket and I can watch. There's so many games that happen that are great. And college football, uh, sometimes it's hit and miss. You know, sometimes the Saturdays are blowout. Uh, but every weekend, there's games that I want to watch. But uh, the NFL is just a little bit closer of a league, which I tend to like, but I couldn't tell you which one I love more because I, I watch a lot of games on Saturday too, buddy. Well, I have an interesting question for you. Why do you think fantasy football in college is not a big deal? Like NFL, we played it. You and I have played it together for a long, long time together in the same league. Why do you think we've never gotten a college league up? Do you think it's just too much to keep up with? Yeah, I think too many players. Uh, I mean, you have guys who play with, you know, Northwestern Dakota State who could be, like, the number one fantasy player in college. And that just doesn't interest me. I mean, (laughs) that doesn't strike me as something that is more um, (laughs) fun, you know, when you you happen to know that the guy who plays, you know, Boise A&M is going to blow up for 3,000 yards on the ground. I mean, you know. We all find that eventually, but, you know, that to me is not worth researching. Quinn's going to give you some hate mail about your predictions. But I look at the NFL, and I think, you know, ever since I started doing this show, we started doing this show, Trey, I was forced, you know, to to cover football more. And I've always been a fan of both the NFL and college, but the NFL was like a hobby in a way. But 
the more I study college, the more I study the NFL, the, the more I realize it's a lot harder um, to predict the NFL than it is college, I think. And I know some people struggle the opposite way, but the NFL is so exciting because you see these te- these players that are in college that you study and you love to watch and everything. You know, you don't just study your team in college. You study them all. But you get to see these guys develop and, and become, you know, men in the NFL. It's just such an exciting game. I watched a college game the other night. Uh, a replay, and I watched an NFL replay. Trey, it's like night and day watching college and NFL. It's just faster and cleaner in the NFL <laughs> than it is in college. Oh yeah, and let me tell you this. I mean, there there's a division in the NFC West that has um, the Rams, the Cardinals, who won ten games, and then two teams who almost went to the Super Bowl. One that did, and uh, it's possible. I mean, it really is. That those two, those that whole division is flipped, and anyway, it's the Rams and Cardinals and makes the play. I mean, that division is that good, um, and so there's just that, that's what I love about the NFL is people immediately think that Seattle's gonna, you know, dominate again, and then of course Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers will. I'm not so sure. I mean, the Rams are better each year, uh, and then the Cardinals with 10 wins are out of the playoffs last year, so. I mean, who knows? I mean, you really don't know. That's what makes the NFL so great. I mean, maybe the Cardinals take another step forward. Maybe they're three and thirteen. We don't know, and that's what's great about the NFL. Well, Trey, you know I've been a Carolina closet bandwagon homer, you know, ever since Cam Newton went there. But there's another team I'm starting to follow that that has a ton of Auburn players. It's the Rams. So maybe I'll jump ship this year, you know, and come back to Carolina when they're good again. So maybe the Rams could be the team to watch out for this year. But hey, Trey Quinn wants to tell you something right now. He's on, he's on hold. Quinn, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, since you guys are talking NFL, I just wanted to say that the Bears will have at least eleven wins and they'll win the North. You're insane. I'm insane. Eleven. <laughs> I think. I see. I I see him going thirteen and three, barring no major injuries. Well, I talked to you. Have you looked at that, Rob? Cuervo lives every day about the Chicago Bears, and I wish he'd call in real quick to talk about that. He has them winning, I think nine, ten games at the most, and uh, and he's a big fan as well. So, so Trey Quinn thinks they're going to win thirteen. What do you think about that? Well, that's a lot of trust in Cutler, um, which, I mean, they have a really great receiving duo, but i got to tell you, the, the, the Packers are going to be a lot better than they were last year. Um, with the balance attack that they now have, they have three guys who can make the bowl receiver. Uh, Boykin is that good. Uh, the Bears, Alshon Jeffrey and, and Brandon Marshall are, are fantastic, but there's some question marks on the defense. And I, I don't know. I haven't seen Cutler take a team in the playoffs that well. So. Hey guys, hey guys, Cuervo is here with us. Cuervo, Quinn, big Bears fan like you are, has the Bears going 13-3. and three. Thoughts on that? Oh man, well thanks, good evening first of all guys. Um, you know, I'm, as much as I would love to make that prediction, I just, I'm not going to do it because, do I think they could win 12, maybe even 13 games? I mean, you never know. I'm not putting that jinx on my team. That's what I told Sonny. That's the only reason I don't <laughs> pick the Bears to win the division because 
I am not putting that jinx on my team. So I always pick the Packers to win. <laughs> I hope the Bears win. I live in Wisconsin, and I can't stand the Packers fans. I love them. I mean, you want, a good you man want to talk about obnoxious fans? They're probably the most obnoxious fans in all of sports. Quinn, Quinn, I pegged you for a cheesehead, man. The way you talk and everything, you sound like a, a Green Bay fan, doesn't he, Trey? Heck no. <laughs> he's a he, he's a secret a secret cheese lover. No. <laughs> uh, so tell me about that defense, Quinn, for the Bears. Uh, I mean, looking at it, I, I did I did like what they did in the the draft on defense. Tell us how they're going to improve. Well, I, they went out and got the de- I think the I think their secondary their secondary will be very improved with with getting Fuller in the draft and then getting some free agents. Then then on the line getting Allen and Houston. I think that'll be big. And then the linebacking core should do pretty well. Just like I said, bearing any major injuries. Well, Quinn and Cuervo right here. I have what about told you that the the Bears were going to be one and five after six games. Cuervo, what would you say? Um, one and five after six games. I would say that everybody on the offense is hurt. Jay Cutler got hurt. Matt Forte got hurt. Brandon Marshall got hurt. Um, even the left tackle Bushrod got hurt. That'd be the only way that would happen. Well, I'm not saying it'll happen, but if you look at this stretch right here, and maybe it's just me. They're at this is after week one, after they beat Buffalo, at San Francisco, at the Jets, home against the Packers, at the Panthers, at the Falcons, and then two weeks later at the Patriots and at Green Bay. That's that's suicide, isn't it, Trey? That sounds like a very the tough schedule. The Panthers don't be down, and the Falcons, and the Falcons, the Falcons are are the Falcons going to be really that improved? Yeah, yeah especially at home they are. Especially at home they will be. And Carolina's tough to beat in in Carolina. I mean, watching them, they look better than I thought they would actually. And I'm not saying they're going to lose these. What I'm saying is. This schedule's so tough looking at what they have to go through. Don't be surprised, Cuervo, if, if Chicago's in trouble going into their bye week. If the Bears are in trouble going into their bye week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it could be. The schedule's tough enough to sit here and look at it and say, well, I could see a San Francisco loss. I could see the Jets being on the road. I could see Green Bay beating them in Chicago. I could see Carolina on the road, the Falcons on the road, the Patriots on the road. Those are those are well, tough I games. Mean, no... I think I think if any if they're going they're probably going to beat Carolina by you know more than any other team. They're, they're probably going to blow them up the most. I'm not worried about the Panthers. <laughs> and, and Cam Newton will probably get sacked about ten times. So I'm not worried about the Panthers. But the Jets, yeah. I mean, Geno Smith, yeah, he's a you know he's like a more he's like Cam Newton on steroids. That's how I see Geno Smith. <laughs> Trey, I, I think I think Cuervo's having some fun with me tonight, don't you? He thinks I'm having fun <laughs> with him is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Cuervo's having a good time. I'm not saying, Cuervo, they're going to lose all those games. All I'm saying is 
looking at that schedule of the Bears, it's no joke, especially the first ten weeks of the season. After that, it gets a little easier. I mean, but that's just a gauntlet of a schedule. No, you're right, it is. I mean, I mean, San Francisco concerns me, of course. And of course, the Packers, I never, ever just automatically, unless Aaron Rodgers is hurt, I'm not going to just be like, oh, yeah, they're going to beat the Packers, no problem. Would I love to see them beat them every time? Yeah, without a doubt. However, I'm a realistic Bears fan. I've never sat there and just, when I look at the Bears schedule, say, oh, yeah, Green Bay, oh, that's a win for sure. But, I mean, even, I mean, even, hell, the Miami Dolphins, depending on how they're playing in week seven, I mean, at New England is definitely not going to be an easy game. At Green Bay, with Minnesota, I mean, who? what was the one thing that the Bears could not do last year, stop the run? Well, now you got to face Adrian Peterson. So, And even Tampa Bay, guys, uh, laugh all you want. But guess who's the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh, yeah, the guy that was coaching the Bears for nine years. So that's not going to be an easy game. Yeah, but then it's you got that. But that's at home, right, Cuervo, in, like, December, November? It's in November, so the the cold weather thing, yeah, I understand that. I just, I don't know, it's just, it all comes down to preparation. And yeah. uh, and Lovey, Lovey knows what this team is all about. Now, could they change it up? Yeah, sure they could. I, I'm, at the same time, though, what Lovey does know is, half of those guys on the defense guys, you know, Lance Briggs, he knows Tillman um, tactics and he knows how to attack him. So it's, it that to me is going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game just because of Lovey Smith. And then, you know, New Orleans in week 15, it's, you know, it is going to be tough. And that's why I'm not giving the bears. That's another reason why I'm not giving the bears 12 wins is because it's just it's going to be hard to do. Is it impossible? No. Um, I think if the offense is going like we all expect it to be, then you know I think they have a good chance of winning a lot of these games. So, and, and a lot of people don't realize it unless you look it up. You know, the Denver Broncos were the only team that scored more points per game than the Chicago Bears did. So that kind of plays in in the Bears' favor. It's just can they do it again this year? I think it's going to all come down to the defense. And, you know, it looks good on paper because they add Jared Allen. They add uh, Lamar Houston. They add better safety. They got better up front with, um, you know, they they drafted a few guys in in the draft. So it looks good. However, how how is it going to look on the field come week one? And then you know play against a team like San Francisco and Green Bay. So, yeah, the defense is, is what it all gonna, is going to come down to, guys. Well, Quinn, I'll tell you this right now: if if the Bears win 13 games in the regular season, we'll fire Trey from the co-host position and for a week and let you join us as a co-host, right? Wow! All I'm right, fire already. Yeah, <laughs> I said for a week. Now I'll give you a vacation or something, you know. You've earned your time off, man. But, hey, I've got to run. I've got some things I need to do before bedtime tonight. And I want to thank everybody for coming on. And, Cuervo, I'm just giving you a little fun, man. You know, I hate somebody sitting there talking about my team saying they could lose this one, this one, this one. So I'll just having some fun <laughs> with you, man. But thanks, thanks everybody, for joining us. And uh, 
Wednesday night, remember, a free show. Talk about anything you want to talk about before we do our final breakdown next Sunday. And then college football is all right here, guys. Well, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you on Wednesday. All right. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me!